This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Road to rock around the turn. So you think it's about a half in front of Manhattan right and the three-year-olds lead by two or three. Pooby got you running on with Heart of Dreams. So you think led by two lengths. He shook off Manhattan Rain. Pooby got you and El Segundo charging home and it's all over. So you think it's going to go all the way. He's racing clear and so you think has bolted in the Cox Plate. Manhattan that still gives me goosebumps because so you think, we didn't know that he was going to be the champion that he turned out to be after winning his first Cox Plate, but he was given a champion ride on that occasion because G Boss, I think he's be one of the only jockeys that would take a horse like that straight to the front. And from there, Bossy knew what he was doing. He never looked like getting beat. And the champion hoop joins us on Giddy Up to have a chat about that magical moment on Cox Plate days. We experienced the legendary at the uh, Ladbrokes Cox Plate Carnival. Um, Bossy, thanks for joining us on, on Giddy Up. Does that give you goosebumps listening to that? I know it's a few years ago, but what a star he was, so you think. Yeah, I mean, um, it's amazing when you think back about that moment. Um, I think about the, the the week before it when Bart rang me and said, Bossy, uh, would you like to ride one in the Cox Plate? This might be the best horse I've ever trained. I went, Bart, you had me at hello. <laughs> <laughs> if, like if Bart says that, you don't have to, you don't have to think about it, do you? <laughs> no, mate. Honestly, it was. And um, in, in the, the morning I got on him, uh, it was a Tuesday before the Cox Plate. We did, did a little jump out with him, and because um, he obviously he was the first time with blinkers on, so and he'd be missing yeah. the start as he did in the Guineas, right? And and Bart just wanted him to jump out and make sure he jumped and. Now, Murray, he was what Brad Pitt on four legs. He was just yeah. the sexiest looking horse I'd ever laid eyes on. I remember having a, a, a chat and uh, an interview with the, the, the great late Dean Lester, and I said to Dino, what's the best horse that you've ever seen in the yard in your time looking at thousands of thoroughbreds? And without hesitation, he said, so you think, Bossy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I never got to continue my association with him, but which is unfortunate. But I remember uh, Steve Arnold, he used to wipe his feet before he got on him. <laughs> that was one of the best lines I've ever heard. <laughs> so did Bart want you to go to the front that day? No, Bart, you know, Bart hate, hated his horses ridden in, in the front. Um, but I had a very good idea of what I had underneath me um, when I rode him in that jump out. He was yeah. a very aggressive uh, ju- juvenile at that point. He wasn't even three at this point, you can remember, um, officially. Um, but he was a very aggressive young juvenile who kind of was very headstrong. And I realised if I were to get into an argument with him, um, no one would win. We'd both lose. So I thought, well, if he wants to run, um, I'll, I'll go with him and then ask him to come back a little bit later on after he has his little bit moment in the sunlight, if you want to put it that way. And um, and that's how it worked out. You know, I mean, you know, it's like young juveniles, they walk out through that race there and it's, you know, it's going mad, right? There's so many people, the noise and, you know, my job was just to try and keep him under control. Um, and he got a little bit hot, you know, obviously the the atmosphere and whatnot. And I just knew when I was in the barriers that he was just going to jump and run. So I was going to have to. My job was to just try and get him as comfortable as I possibly could. Were you thinking in your mind when you passed that wedding post for the first time and you thought, geez, he's keen here. But 
ringing in your ear saying, um, bossy, I didn't want you to leave, but also bossy, this is the best horse that I might've trained. Yeah. I mean, it was really weird. You know, once I got out of that, you, you know, once he had his kind of moment in, in the sun there and I got around to up at the mile point and he started to go downhill. Now, obviously you got to remember what you said. First time with blinkers, when he got to the front, he just kind of, and I was, you know, asking to come back to me, talking to him. But once he got to the front and he was in his, on his own, he got completely lost. So then all of a sudden I owned him because I was doing the steering from that point onwards because he was, you know, all of a sudden he's going, okay, where do I go now? Yeah. I've never been to Mooney Valley before. I've never, and all of a sudden I'm in front. All of a sudden I was the controller, you know, and then I, I, I then, I, then I knew I had him. Um, I just let him roll down the hill. And once I got a couple of easy sectionals, um, you know, with 49 kilos, when I when I took the shackles off and at the 600, you know, he, he was incredible. And I think what was the winning point was he broke 10 seconds going around that corner, virtually sideways. I mean, that's that's the ability this horse had. You know, when I let him up, he just went quick. And, uh, and that was when we seen the birth of what was to become a champion. So he was fifth in a Caulfield Guineas before that Cox Plate. And usually... It's difficult to get into a race like that um, with that type of form line. And I guess he was trained by Bart and that X factor that the three-year-olds deliver each and every year. But in some years, boss, he might not have got in, so you think. Oh, of course not. Um, yeah. No, he would never have got on. Uh, got in. It was just a – I don't know if it was a fluke or a miracle, um, but somehow he got into the race and um, – yeah, it was a master. I think definitely there would have been a big Bart would have had a big influence on him getting into the race. So um, yeah, that's, <laughs> history would say they made the right decision, right? Yeah, I, I remember I was working at Channel Nine for the time at the time, and I remember on a Sunday morning because Viewed won the Caulfield Cup the week before um, the Saturday, um, so the week before the Cox Plate. So every time a trainer or whoever won the 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 Caulfield Cup as a news journal, you'd go out to the stables of the the winning connections and get pictures of the horse picking the grass and try and talk to the trainer. I think Bart was at church. So we had Reggie and Reggie had saintly. So saintly led out the, the group of Bart Cummings horses that came out for a pick in the afternoon, the early part of the afternoon. And Reggie at the time said, Gareth, um, that horse over there um, will be winning the Cox play. And I said, Reggie, I might've had a few too many beers there the other day. Um, but he was right on the money and so were you, Bossy. Like, and he, when you think about the history of our beautiful game, and I think he gets underestimated a little bit, so you think, he won two Cox Plates. But then what he did in the UK when he was with Aidan O'Brien, like he was winning weight for age races over there against the very best Bossy. What he did on an international stage was oh, yeah. truly remarkable. Well, he, he, he ran in the Breeders' Cup. Um, he ran in the World Cup in yeah. Dubai. Like he went around in everything but the kitchen sink, um, and he ended up winning ten Group Ones in his career. Um, he was rated the high, he was highest rated horse in the world at one point. So, um, yeah, it, what an amazing talent! And, and what he's done on the in the breeding barn since has been, you know, that, that just shows the quality of the animal. He was, um, you know, he was just a great looking individual. He, he, he carried himself with a lot of purpose. Uh, he was a very, very proud cult. Um, and he was a true, honestly, a, like a champion racehorse. And now he's thrown that into his progeny. Talk us through the morning of Maccabi Davis Cox Plate victory. How were you, Bossy? <laughs> um, shit house, to be very honest. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know me, Gath. I'm a very confident person. Yeah. When I get to the moment, it's all good. But 
Um, that was a completely different scenario for me. That was probably the only time or maybe the only time that I felt real, real pressure um, because, number one, it was probably we were thinking that was going to be the last time I was going to ride her um, in the race conditions because we'd really, you know, set her, her target was the Cox Plate, that prep. Um, number two, um, everyone was coming there to watch one thing. That was to watch her win. And number three, there was only one thing that could stuff it up for everyone. That was the pilot. And so I really felt I had to get it right. And, I, you know, so I really felt pressure because um, I didn't want to be the one that shot Bambi, put it that way. Yeah. I find you fascinating, Bossy, and I think you've inspired a lot over the years, mainly because of your your, your mental toughness and how you can um, train your brain to live for the moment and deliver on the big stage. But you, you, you mentioned that, how you struggled. So how did you turn yourself around when you were outside of your comfort zone? Because usually you can click the fingers, um, yeah. click the switch, say, Bossy, let's go. This is This is your moment. You love the big stage. But... Um, how did you do it that day? When did, was there a, was, did you do it or was it a moment where you were so nervous or was there a moment that you can remember th- and you took a deep breath and said, I'm okay? Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I was always up and about and I'd always had myself that psyched up by the time I got the races for these big days that I had nothing but victory on my mind. And I almost willed it sometimes. You kind of get yourself in that state, you know, when you get, you know, all you have to do is kind of, you don't think anymore. You, all you do is see and react, see and react, because all the thinking has been done. And, and you can only do this if you can rely on yourself to do it. You know, you have to be able to back it up. Um, but that day was really bad. And I used to always, before a major ride, I'd go into the bathrooms and look myself down the, down the barrel in the dark mirror, always by myself. And I'd say, Bossy, you know what? You know you're good enough to do the job. You're on the best horse. You know, just go out there and just do the job and enjoy it. But the first, last thing I tell myself is relax. Just bossy, just relax. And that would be my trigger. I'd go out there and boom, I'd be in that spot. Mate, I walked into the bathrooms that day and I said, bossy, have a look at yourself. You are an absolute mess. Pull yourself together. This is bullshit. Yeah. Like, you know, you know you're on the best horse. You know that. And I couldn't get myself into that spot. So I'd, I walked away. And just before we were about to be get legged up, called it, I walked back in the bathroom and said, okay, bossy, come on. You know you're on the best horse. You know you can trust yourself to do the job. Go out there and get the job done. And I said, bossy, just for Christ's sake, relax. And then I went, woof, yeah. like that. Just walked out and I said, just then I own the moment. You know, you just, you just walk out there and the job's already almost done. Yeah. It's a great lesson for everybody. And then when they're swinging for home, what are you thinking, mate? Um, you're on the bridle and like, a, uh, can you describe that feeling? If I could come back a different person, I'd come back with you. As, mm. as the rider of Maccabi Diva in a Cox Plate, six or seven across the track, and I'd love to be you for that moment. Mate, I'm, I'm about to cross the line and win my first Cox Plate, and this is a, a race that I, I, I dreamt about. I, I was given a, a, a tape, a VCR tape, when I was 15. It was called The King and the Man. If anyone's seen that, it was beautifully narrated and it was all about Kingston Town winning his Cox Plates and it was all about Manicato winning the William Reeves. So as a 15-year-old, can you imagine, I watched this tape hundreds of times. So it was ingrained into my psyche that Mooney Valley Cox Plate, this is a special place and this is a race that you must win. It was even it was more important to me than to win a Melbourne Cup, to be very frank, yeah. because it was so entrenched in me that I have to do this. So when I straightened up on that uh, incredible athlete and she's just about to give me my first one, it was like, this is this is stuff that you take you back when you're a 15 year old. I mean, yeah. This is just, you know, it's 
it's not out of body, but it's just this is you're realising your dreams are all coming through right this minute, you know, in front of this massive, massive crowd. It's crazy. We've got about a minute and a half left, uh, Bossy. What did you say to her after? Because you, you loved, to, you used to love to talk to her. You've said this on several occasions. What did you say to her yeah. once you pulled up after that Cox Plate and she gave you your dream? Oh, mate, I used to call her mum all the yeah. time because that's how I spoke to her, and you know, and I. But it's not so much the words; it's just this feeling. It's just, mm. you have so much admiration for this athlete who's absolutely left nothing behind. They just, you know, all they, they all they do is they're so willing, right? And you just you have so much admiration that this beast, this athlete, is just going out there and just give you everything they possibly can. Um, it's just, yeah, you know, it's hard to describe sometimes when you have this amazing relationship with these animals and. Um, you're, just, you're just in awe of what they've just delivered. And we've got so much admiration for you. A lot of text messages coming through. You could listen to Bossy. You could talk all day about these superstar horses in these superstar moments, especially um, when you talk about a Cox Plate where legends are made. Um, you're a legend, Bossy. We appreciate your time. You won four Cox Plates, Ocean Park and Sir Dragon A. Um, big time yeah. racing. You're a big time player, Bossy. Um, and well, at the, end of the, at the end of the day, Gareth, it's it, it's it's it'll always has been the horse. It will always be the horse going forward. You know what I mean? They're the, they're yeah. the true athletes, and they're the ones that put on the show for us. But you are the showman. We miss. I don't think we we need more showmen like you in the game, especially from a jockey's point of view. And um, we're lucky to have you, and still lucky to have you in the game. Enjoy your morning, mate. We appreciate your time here on, on Giddy Up. Mate, always a pleasure with you, Gareth. Take He's care, mate. Gee, boss, he was a showman, and we need showmans in this game, and he did it better than anyone, boss. He experienced 24 hours of racing action and entertainment the Ladbrokes Cox Plate Carnival. Tickets at coxplate.com.au. Hong Kong Corner coming up next.